0: Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of our podcast, Is Breakfast Included? On the show today, I speak with Angus Young. Oh, I'm sorry, Mike miraz He plays Angus in the Dallas tribute band of ACDC called Back in Black. Like I said a couple of weeks ago when I talked to Romero, they are the premier ACDC tribute band. Um... And I just wanted to pick his brain a little bit uh, about why he started the band. They've been around for 21 years. They just released a documentary called My Stupid Tribute Band, which is available on Amazon Prime Video. If you haven't checked it out, go check it out. Uh, Mike was a pleasure to talk to. I said this in Ramiro's interview. He seemed like the nicest guy, and he really is. Um, anyway, it was a great conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Let's check it out. I've been with John for 13 years. Like I said, you know, it's... It's never been any lows with him, you know, and uh, right. he, he treats me like a human being. <laughs>
1: and that's why you've been there thirteen years. You wouldn't, yeah. You know, why would you want to put up with that, you know? And it's, it's the as you get older, I find out it's more important to work for people you like than for the money, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. Good deal.
0: Well, man, uh, I usually start this off by having you introduce yourself. So tell everyone who you are.
1: Sure. My name is uh, Michael Mraz. Uh, I am the founder of an ACDC tribute band called Back in Black here in Dallas, Texas. We've been doing this now for 21 years. Um, I play guitar. I play the Angus character. And also, uh, we just released a movie called My Stupid Tribute Band, which we're very proud of. Right on. That's that's why I've reached out to you to talk to you about that. Uh,
0: You've been around for uh, 21 years, you said, right? Correct. Did you think when you started this band, you'd be here 21 years later talking about your documentary?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I planned on 49 years. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's crazy. It's just crazy. You know, when we first started, you know, I was all about original music. And I used to drive Darren crazy because he always wanted to play covers. You know, I started out playing covers and bars and stuff. And then when I moved to L.A., you know, I really wanted to write songs and, you know, hone that craft and, and, and truly be, you know, an artist. Um, but as you know, the music business just stinks and out in LA, you know, multiply that by 10,000 because yeah. there's so many musicians out there that, you know, and they all got attitudes and, and, it, and it's, it's so oversaturated that, you know, the bars don't even pay any money. You know, they had the the pay to play going on. We never did it. But what the bars did is they said, okay, you can play my joint this night, but here's a hundred tickets and you have to buy the tickets up front for me, say for, you know, $300. And now it's your responsibility to get the money back and sell those tickets. So we have people in my club and because there's so many bands out there, you know, they were, they were doing it, you know, so it was just so competitive. It's so tough. And, um, I also got to know, um, the guys at Sony music, um, because I was in the video game industry and, you know, Sony was a big player with PlayStation. So, uh, they actually invited me to be on their, their softball team. Mm-hmm. And it was most of their AR department. And, uh, then I got a, a, a rare insight to the music business that way, because, you know, they shared, you know, all their frustrations, you know, how many bands they had signed and weren't going anywhere. And it just, uh, it, it kind of jaded me a little bit, but it, it gave me a realistic view of, you know, saying, you know, what are you gonna do with your life, you know, it's going to be really hard to make it as a, you know, original artist. you know, you can play the 10 people in these clubs. um, And so I kind of quit for a while. And Then, you know, like in the video, I talked about going back to Chicago, and there was a huge tribute scene there, and and I'd go out to the bars on the weekend, and I saw these great tribute bands. I thought, man, that just looks fun. And The places were packed, and I thought, well, I'm going to try that out in LA, and and nobody in LA was doing tribute bands um, except one group of guys called the Atomic Punks, Mm -hmm. and I went to go see them. Holy smokes. They were such an influence because they did it good. I mean, they were a very serious tribute band. You know, their singer Ralph did a better David Lee Roth than I thought David Lee Roth was doing. You know, he was a younger, better looking version. Um, of course, it, when you tribute somebody, you'll never be like the original artist and never, you know, be in his shoes and what he went through. Yeah. Um, but he, they did a great job. Just It, it just really, really appealed to me. And, um, that's how I got the whole stupid idea.
0: And your first tribute band was a a tribute to cheap trick, correct?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, now would you you say say they're your favorite band? Yeah. Yeah. I, I just love that band. Um, big part of the reason I I play these guitars is because of Rick Nielsen, you know, and growing up in Chicago, you know, I'd seen and heard of them around town and, uh, they just really appeal to me. I just, I I just love their music and great songwriting and Rick is an amazing guitar player. And, uh, Bernie, I've always liked bands that are, you know, animated. I I never got into bands where where guys just stood on stage and just play their guitar. You know, that's why I love Kiss. You know, I love Rick Nielsen, the cheap trick, you know, he's running around, you know, real goofy and playing. And, And of course that led me to Angus, you know, and, um, uh, but, yeah, the Cheap Trick band was a great, great experience. Loved it. Um, really fun. And, you know, our second night, um, they brought out Tom Peterson, the original bass player for Cheap Trick, to, to uh-huh. check us out. And we were backstage, and, uh, you know, it was. I was floored when he walked into the room. You know, I had never met any of the guys from Cheap Trick. Never thought I would ever meet him, and here's Tom Peterson, you know. And, so immediately I asked him if he wanted want to play. And he's like, yeah, I'd like, love to. And he got up there and played a couple of songs. And fortunately that night I had the video, uh, a guy videotaping us, you know, and uh, I caught the whole set uh, on video and it's just a great memory now. Um, but after we finished that second song with Tom on stage, I didn't know this, but he wanted to keep playing <laughs> and we sent him on his way. And if I would have known <laughs> that, I, I would have kept him on the stage all night Dang it. But I just didn't want to impose on them, I'm and I thought, you know, I appreciate what I have and not push it, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, you talk about this in the documentary, um, what led you to start the, the um, Back in Black, and, and what was
1: that? It was, um, you know, I came out to Texas, you know, I put my head down, you know, we talked about starting a family with my wife, and she had stood by my side all these years and put up my bullshit, you know trying to do this whole band thing. So um, what I did, Bernie, when I was uh, an upcoming musician, I never went all in. And I think that's what you needed to do, but I always had a very practical side of me. And I knew that I always had to have a good job. You know, I I had to support myself and I just couldn't go all all in. I didn't want to live in an apartment with 10 guys, you know, on Sunset. You know, having girls buy me groceries and stuff like that. Yeah. And I always kept a, a practical head on myself. So, you know, I got lucky. I got into the PC gaming business and then that parlayed into PlayStation and video games. Um, and then we were, we were really lucky. I got my wife into the industry and then we relocated back to Texas and to Dallas here because um, it's centrally located. And Dallas has a great airport to get in and out of. Yeah. Yeah you know, we were both calling on clients all across the nation and, you know, flying from LA to New York was getting to be such a beating. So that's why we relocated to Texas. And um, uh, it turned out it was a great move because um, not only for the video game industry, but um, people here in Texas are great music fans. I mean, I've been around the country and, and Texas has a share of great music fans and the club's pay good money here you know there's no pay to play it's not oversaturated so it turned out to be a a real good move um, for my music side and I didn't even realize it so anyway you know I'm doing the video game business I've been a good boy for six or seven years not playing my guitar and and I'm just getting (laughs) the itch and I started thinking about just having fun again you know um I thought you know what some guys have poker night they have bowling night I'm gonna see if I can just have a band night and so I talked to my wife, she said, sure. She says, I know I can't stop you. And I thought, you know what? The Cheap Trick Band was really good, but it's up in it a notch, you know. And I want to learn Angus's style of playing. He's a great rock, blues guitarist. I, I knew Darren could do that voice. So I called him up and I said, you know what? Let's just do this once a month. He was out in New York at the time. And I said, I'm going to fly you out and we're going to do a show, and then you could go go right back out to New York, and we'll do that for a little while and see how that goes, and so we started doing that, and I found the guys here, you know, through a local newspaper, and it just all came together so fast, and we were sounding so good, and Darren would come out, we would rehearse, and the guys loved him, and then we did that first show at The Rock, and uh, just all the frustration memories came back to me, you know, and just dealing with a an alcoholic bar owner who didn't want to pay us, you know, the sound system wasn't that great. My ears were ringing, you know, we had some good, we had a good turnout. We had some friend's turnout. So that was encouraging. Um, but it wasn't how I envisioned it. And, uh, it was a tough night. Yeah. I, it I, never I, is. I to, right. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's never easy. And I thought I'm done. I don't want to do this again. I got a, I got a great career. And then I went back and I watched the videotapes. I always always videotaped our band and little did I know how much, how valuable that footage would be coming down the road for this documentary. Um, But I watched that videotape and I thought, God dang, there's some good spots on there. And you know, maybe we can build on this. And then later that day, the guy at the rock called me again and said, you know, let's try it again. And I thought, okay. And like I said, in the video, we went down there. We just sucked a little less uh but we got better and then uh, we just parlayed it from there
0: has it always been in you to uh to document these times like you document the first rehearsal with Darren you know pretty much everything you have documented even just a little bit
1: growing up being a musician even when I was you know in my little garage bands back in Chicago I'd bring a little tape recorder so I can you know listen to our playing and 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 it it's such a great educational tool. So I would do that. And then when video cameras came out, I, I bought a video camera and I would bring them to all the rehearsals and the shows. And and I had this big you know, stockpile of uh, rehearsals and videos um, from my whole life of being in a band. And um, I just was thinking one day, I thought, you know, our 20th anniversary is coming up. And I thought, man, I just we need to do something because a lot of bands don't last 20 years, you know, and that's, that's, that's a lot of hard work. And, yeah. You know, you'd know, you be in an industry, you know how tough it is. It's, yeah, it's tough to stay together five years. So I thought, I mean, I could try to make a little, just a little snippet. I thought like five minute history of the band. Mm-hmm. and So I started pulling out all this footage and stuff. I'm like, Holy crap. I, I got our first rehearsal. I got our first show. I got these other big shows we did and I'm like, Holy cow, I might have something here. OK, uh,
0: throughout the documentary, you, you talk about your struggles with Darren and your your guys love, hate relationship. Um, but you stuck with him. And then even after he left, you you. I don't know if it was you welcomed him back or you, you wanted him back. Uh, but how is your relationship now?
1: It's great. And Bernie, I never would have predicted this 21 years ago uh Darren's a great guy we are really opposite people mm-hmm. but we just get along that guy we just get along we write so well together uh we're we're silly together um he's got some things that make me crazy but he's got some things that I really admire about him uh-huh. uh, and here we are after all you know since 1989 we're still really great friends I mean that's something really special we have we have something special here.
0: Yeah, um, and, and he's very open about his uh, his drinking in the documentary. Um, do you think when the um, a lot of people don't know, like uh, he actually auditioned for ACDC? Do you think if that audition would have come earlier in your career of Back in Black's career, do you think it, he would have handled it the
1: way he did? I thought the timing was perfectly. I think it would have came earlier when he was drinking. He probably would have done okay. Uh, I think he definitely did better in the state of mind that he did it when it happened. Uh Um, The one thing about Darren, he drank a lot and, but he was a friendly operational alcoholic. Yeah. Some guys, they just, you know, they can't even walk, you know, function. Darren would get stronger. You know, it's like uh, you ever see that uh, WKRP in Cincinnati with uh, Johnny fever yeah. And he starts drinking and he actually gets more coordinated. <laughs> that kind of reminds me of Darren. He, he would just, it, it would amp him up and it would, it would just, I don't know, it would put him in a mindset of, of performing. And, you know, Darren, at the beginning, he was kind of shy when he started performing. And I think that's part of the reason why he started drinking more, it, you know, as a lot liquid of, courage. Stars yeah, liquid courage. Um, and then just got to that point, but yeah, that's an excellent question, Bernie. Um, I remember he had quit drinking and then we got the call and, um, he also, uh, uh, cut back on the cigarette smoking a little bit. And at this time we noticed how strong his voice was getting. And like I said, in the documentary, it's like, I didn't have a teenager in the band anymore. All of a sudden he was behaving like a regular person, you know, and, (laughs) And you know, after years and years of that, I didn't realize how much that wears you out, you know? Yeah. And now, you know, we get along great. He's usually the first person to show up at at, at our shows. He's a true professional and he works really hard. He loves to work. He'll never turn down the show. If I said we have four shows this weekend, I'm like, can we stink in one more? He's like, Yeah, let's do it. He'll never, he'll never turn it down. So uh all that. BS, I put up with all those years, Bernie. The universe is coming back to me and rewarding me right now. So I'm just That's keeping great. my fingers crossed. We're just trying to keep this thing going as long as we can.
0: Well, I do have a couple of friends that were uh guitar techs on that tour that were there for the rehearsals. And um in 2019, when I went to work with Greg Howard, I asked him it was one of the first things I asked him about when we were catching up. I go, Hey man, tell me about that uh that audition with the uh the guy from Dallas and straight up, he goes, that guy killed it. He came in and he goes, everyone's jaw just dropped, you know? Uh, He said the band was so impressed by him. Do you think after that audition, do you think, did did you guys get the blessing of ACDC to be what I would refer to as the premier ACDC
1: tribute band? Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that audition, I I, I I love talking about that, that audition. And so is Darren. Um, yeah, I met Greg, and uh, he was doing um, Stevie's rig, which was Malcolm's rig. And uh, I met Trace Foster, which was doing Angus's rig. And what great guys. I mean, uh, like I told you earlier, Greg grabbed me right away, and, and he took us for a little tour of the guitars and the rig. And Trace was awesome, too. He showed me Angus's guitars, his amps. Darren did an outstanding job at that. Uh, uh, audition and we were really excited and you know I'd never been in the presence of ACDC but I've been in the presence of other musicians and I can tell them to get like worked up a little bit and I can I can tell they're pretty excited about what Darren was doing you know yeah. uh, and it was it was really exciting um, their manager had told us afterward that um, they appreciated what we did and 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 they knew about us. They had researched us for a while and um, they felt, you know, we're a great marketing vehicle for the band because we do it right. You know, mm-hmm. uh, we do it with respect and love for these guys. And, you know, and, and he told us, he's like, um, you know, after, now that you, you guys hung out with you guys like this, he says, we, we consider you guys part of our family and they're a real tight family. And, uh, and, and that just blew us away. I mean, what a great compliment to get that from. Your yeah. Bureau. That's
0: amazing. A great compliment, you know, yeah. Moving on, Stripwired. Around that time you guys decided you wanted to put out a, an album of original material. You went by a different name. Uh, how'd you get how'd you come about with the name, first of all?
1: Uh Wired, we just we were kicking around names, and you know, uh, we didn't, it's it's so hard to name a band, you know. You come up with a billion dumb names before you get a decent one. And uh we we the guys like the name wired. And, um, uh, but that was taking, and I can't remember, I think I I said, let's just throw strip in front of it. And we, I said, let's, let's make our own name, you know, so mm-hmm. that when somebody Googles it, nothing else comes up, it's just our name. So that's why we like the name strip Wire. And I felt like it had energy too. It does. If you listen to the album,
0: it fits you guys. Perfect.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I as, as at first I wasn't sure about it as, but as time has gone on, I'm, I'm happy with the name and, uh, yeah, you know, this goes back to me, you know, and Darren in our early days, you know, I wanted to be an original artist, you know. Um it's it's still in me and when you meet your heroes like that, it is so inspirational and also Bernie, I I staying in that room with them, you we were just there for five or six hours, I got their sense of their work ethic, you know. I saw how they uh played a song. I saw how they rehearse. Um I saw how their, their, their whole operations came together and it was so inspiring. I mean, it was, it was so professional and it, it just made me realize how, you know, we can up our game and be a better band. And, and I just, I, I wanted to do a professional record and I wanted to do it, you know, in a great studio. I want to have a great producer and just see what kind of product we could deliver. Because I got a guy that's auditioning for ACDC now. So I, I know I got a real yeah. talented singer, right? So, um, yeah, so I I, I didn't want to miss the opportunity. So that's why we did that. Yeah.
0: There is, are there plans for another Stripwired
1: album anytime soon? Well, that's up to Mr. Kopernski, because <laughs> he, even though I, he's a hard worker, he likes the money in his pocket. And, you know, the Stripwired doesn't pay as well as, say, a Back and Black show, right? <laughs> So, Darren, you want to play a do a strip-wired show for these people or or back and black show to sold out House of Blues. And it, it it it's hard on his voice, it's a demanding voice. Uh-huh. Um, so we were having strip-wired open up for back and black. I thought, what a great way to market our band. You know, here's our demographic, it's an ACDC inspired record. We can play in front of these great ACDC people that are coming to see our tribute band, and it was working really good. And we do like four or five songs. But you you couple that with you know an hour and a half or two hours of a ACDC set, and I've got a tired singer on my on my hands, you know. Yeah. So it's it's tricky. I want to do one. Um, I'll, I'll probably beat you up here, Darren, down the road to do another one, and he's already saying, "Oh yeah, good luck with that." But
0: is he there with you right now? No,
1: no, but he'll, <laughs> he'll listen to this, I'm sure, and um, I, I I'm I'm pretty confident the rest of the guys. Would want to do something because it's just just fun it's so fun creating new music um yeah and the record did really well i mean it's very successful uh we're officially in the black on it now and how many bands can say that about a record these days you know yeah
0: how many local bands
1: right right yeah so i mean you guys you know brought in sterling winfield who i just talked to and uh he's a great guy and um him and and casey the the owner of valve studios yeah Man, what a, another great educational experience because these guys have incredible ears and insight and um uh, just a, a great honor to work with those guys and it was a great experience.
0: Yeah, I've known Casey a long time and, and he's about as perfect as they come.
1: He's the Jedi. Jedi. He's a Yoda of, 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 of sound. I know, right? He, he, he can hear stuff. Uh, uh, just amazing. Yeah, what a talented guy. And we grew up in the same... Little town outside Chicago, went to the same high school. So it was a great coincidence we bonded over that.
0: (laughs) Um, Last week you guys did, back in black, did a show and a speaker caught on fire during your set. Was that a compliment?
1: (laughs) Bernie, do you know, this is an unpowered speaker that was, uh, you know, just up in the rafters. Do you have any insight how that could have happened? I've never seen that happen ever in my whole experience as a musician. No. Have you ever seen that? I've never seen I- that at all. I watched. It, I watched the um,
0: the footage of it, and it it, it it's kind of scary, you know. But uh, it's kind of scary. But you guys powered through it. But I've never seen that an unpowered speaker, you know.
1: Do you have any any uh, theories of how that could have happened?
0: No, I'm again. I'm not an audio guy, so.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I, I I I can't either. I mean. We were pushing it pretty good. And there was a band on us for uh, two hours that was pushing the system pretty hard. And then we came on, um, but the speaker had been sitting quiet for, you know, maybe 25 minutes. So it had time to cool off. And we played the first half of Hell's Bells and everybody in the audience started pointing up. And, and I'm like, what the heck? And I saw the smoke and we stopped the show. Uh, but man, that could have taught really bad. And thank yeah. God those guys were there right away at the fire extinguishers. But that was a crazy experience. That was nuts. Uh,
0: what What are your plans coming up for uh, for Back in Black?
1: Uh, we're gonna keep uh, chugging away. Um, we got another great schedule this year. We're so fortunate. We're in a great area. Like I said, uh, you know, Texas is such a great demographic for us. Great ACDC fans out here, so they're keeping us busy. I, I'm hoping that the movie uh, will give us some legs and raise the stock of the band a little bit. Um, and increase our exposure, and I'm hoping, you know, that'll hopefully parlay into some bigger and better shows for us. I'm, I, I'm always trying to, you know, up our stock and and, and and raise the level of the band, and so far, we're, we keep heading in that direction, so that's the plan. Right Oh man. Well, where can people find you guys on social media? Well, uh, we're on the Facebook, and uh, um, that's uh, Facebook. Uh, back in black.info on Facebook. Our website is uh, back in black.info, uh, Instagram, real back in black, and uh, and my Right on, man. And yeah. thanks for watching the movie. I, I sure appreciate that and appreciate your support and your time for doing all this. No worries, man. It's a great movie. If anyone has not seen it, it's it's
0: worth a watch. Well, you say documentary, but you practically documented everything, like you said, from the First rehearsal to you rescuing a puppy to driving in bad weather, like you had the war with all to, to, to film this stuff and, and it all fits, you know, by the way, Mike, you seem like the nicest guy and everyone I've talked to that knows you, uh, can confirm that. So thank you so much for doing
1: this. I got you all fooled. Yeah, I got you all right. Why don't we need you? <laughs> Yeah, that, that documentary, like I said, I, I thought it'd just start like with a five or ten minute documentary. And um I started piecing it together and I'm like, hey, I might be kind of good at this, you know? And 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 I and I realized I had all that footage and I, I started more and I had put together all these notes and my outline and I what I wanted to accomplish to do and putting together a documentary was a pain in the ass. Yeah, I mean, it's okay. really it's, it was a ton of work. It was two years of my life, every day sitting in front of a stupid computer doing it. And um, but man, it, it really rewarded me. I, I'm I'm so proud of it. It was really fun. You know, it took me back down. You know, on a on a memories that uh, I had. Um, it reconnected me with all my past members, and it was so great to see these guys when we did our little premiere here in Dallas and and connect with old band members. You know, I, I appreciate everybody that's had step foot in the span and and that was really, one really nice thing about this documentary right on man right on well mike i got one more question for you uh okay. my podcast
0: is called is breakfast included and if we were having breakfast what would you have
1: well i'm not a big breakfast guy bernie but i've got a big sweet tooth and i, I take after my grandma i would have if i could have anything i want for breakfast i would have uh I'm sitting down with you, I'd see if they have like a, a frosted apple slice with raisins <laughs> and, uh, and orange juice. <laughs> right on.
0: Well, Mike, I I appreciate your time, man. I know you're busy, but I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today.
1: Bernie, it was my pleasure. And thank you. It's an honor and man, keep up your great work. And uh, I, I, I can't even comprehend what you do for a living. I think it's so cool. And uh, thank you so much. No worries,
0: man. It was good talking to you.
1: All
0: right, take care. Uh huh. Bye bye. Bye bye. Right on, Mike Maraz. Uh, check them out at backinblack.info, or you can find them on Instagram at realbackinblack. Uh, if they if they happen to be in your area, go check them out. You won't be disappointed. Like I said, they are so authentic. Their singer audition for ACDC. All right, guys. I am done. Have a great day. We'll talk to you next week.